Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. What's going on, everybody? I am Dane Martinez, the Spittin' Statistician, and welcome back to another episode from the Action Network podcast on the Expert's Guide on How to Bet. Today, we're talking about the NFL, and when it comes to betting the NFL, who better to have explain it to us than our guy, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, our guy Stucky. What's going on, brother man? How are you? Hey, what's going on, Dave? Like, football's coming is the most important thing. I'm excited. No, absolutely. And football is king and everybody bets football. I mean, literally, I remember myself back in middle school organizing a pick'em pool, collecting $5 from everybody, telling people don't forget to fill in the points for Monday Night Football. So it is pretty much germane to our existence in this country. But I got to ask you, tell me a little bit about your background in betting football. You know, I've seen you've made hundreds, if not thousands of bets. But tell us a little bit about your background. Why are you the expert? We're talking talking to today yeah i've been betting the nfl uh going on almost every every weekend for uh, right about 20 years Mm -hmm. um and i'm in my mid-30s now uh so i started back in high school like you and i was awful at first (laughs) um like everybody and it took a lot of time effort uh energy and you get smarter over time you start to understand the markets we'll get into a lot of this but uh become obviously a lot better over the years and the app going this will be i think my sixth year betting the nfl on the app i have about overall in the app about 9200 bets um 1100 in the nfl it's about over about you know over 100 weeks five around six percent roi um but the way that i started betting the nfl was actually, I mean, I played football since I was like running around with like a chicken with its head cut off sure. and you play when you're like six years old um, and playing like offensive tackle. I think I was my first <laughs> position, which was funny. Um, and, but I love football. And then even in, I remember in like seventh, eighth grade, my dad's office, he had these, uh, would have his office pool. Yeah. And you picked that, you picked every game. Yeah. And, um, I would always do that every year. And I think I, I won it one year when I was in a freshman in high school. And then whenever I would call my dad's office with, there was a guy that used to pick up that worked under him. And he would ask me, he was like, who do you like in this game? Who do you like in this game? Just to right. complete degenerate. 
it's funny. I actually ran into him. This is maybe 25 years later at a wedding recently. And uh, he got my number and uh, he, he's texting me again for plays. He's like uh, <laughs> five years old. It's funny. Um, so yeah, started out like office pools and then mm-hmm. you know, opening up like, uh, I think back then it was a, uh, my first account was probably a Bodog account. Yes. Um, and uh, I made lots of beginner mistakes, which we'll get into today. But I, I was obsessed early on with with um, pleasers, which are like the opposite of teasers. Hmm. And you, you know, instead of like getting six points to a side, you would give up six points. Mm. Uh, just a, a terrible bet. Um, but they were very tempting, just like parlays, you know, all, all the stuff that beginner betters do. And sure. um yeah, and then I got into finance, um, got my CFA, master's in finance, and worked in as a in the derivatives field for uh, about eight to 10 years before I left to help start action. And that background, statistical background, uh, mathematical background, obviously right. helped with modeling and other things, um, refining my process over time. But it is a uh, labor of love, and it's uh, you never the, – the beautiful thing about it, and this is with any sport, you're never going to master it. Know what you're never going to be able to hit a hundred percent. There's always room for improvement and the markets are always getting more efficient. So it's a kind of a cat and mouse game. Um, So yeah, it's uh, I love the challenge of it and especially the NFL, one of the most efficient markets in the world. And uh, here we are today and hopefully can have a winning season. Yeah, no, it's really interesting, Stucky. You know, I also remember playing in my mom's office pool back in the day and then checking on, you know, Sunday night, being like, oh, I'm 10 and 2. I might be live for Monday night football, you know? So yep. absolutely the kind of um, history that goes into it and the love of it. And like you, I was a middle school math teacher, right? So I'm trying to find ways to bring that engaging content even to students. Well, you have obviously been doing it for a long time, just like all the folks here at action. I mean, we've been doing this for years. We've been running around with some of the sounds from under the ground, but suddenly now they uttered it loud in front of a crowd, like fronting's allowed. You mentioned people are all talking about how, oh, they got a 90% hit rate, right? And come buy my picks. And that's absolutely trash. So we need to give people real talk. You know, you mentioned how you weren't the best at it to begin, right? You made some of those mistakes. Let's go back to that for people who are novices in this game or trying to start to bet the NFL, which is the sharpest market out there. What are some of the things people can do to actually start to learn and take their lumps? Yeah, there's there's a lot that you can do as an inexperienced better to at least not lose as much as you've been losing and potentially, you know, win a little bit of money in a very difficult market. I mean, the first thing you can do is take advantage of, of a lot of the softer opportunities out there. And what I mean by that is there, well, number one, you have to, you have to have a lot of outs. So the more outs that you get, the more books that you have, the more advantageous you're going to have shopping around. It's the number one piece of advice I'll give to anyone that adds up over time, getting the best number that you have available to you. And now in the U S there are so many bonus offers, sure. promotions, take advantage of all of those, but there are books that aren't as sharp as others. They're slower to react to news, to injury news. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of, um, you know, there's not, it's not like back in the day where you could have some, you would have a lot more rogue lines. Now everything kind of moves in unison, but some books are slower to move and you can have different prices for various reasons. That adds up over time. So having as many books as you can is 
very advantageous for many reasons. Also take advantage of some of the softer markets, the prop markets. I only have about 50 prop bets over five years. I don't really bet player props. Prop markets are blowing up. You're kind of acknowledging that you don't dabble in some of the markets that might actually be softer and ripe for the picking? It, they're so much more popular now. It's probably something that I should reconsider. I, I'm, it's just, I, I don't really have time to do it. It's not my area of specialties with player That's projections, cool. but there's so many people out there and our company alone, there's a couple that are uh, just masters at this. I'll That's mention cool. Sean Kerner, who is just the king of NFL player props. And when he puts one out, you know, for like a Monday night football game, it'll be published and then everyone rushes to bet it. And it'll move, you know, say it's like under five yards, 62 and a half <laughs> yards. It'll move, yeah, five yards right away. So these things you have to be like following injury news, player props. If you want to follow someone, you have to be, it, it takes time and you have to be dedicated. You got to put notifications on. Um, and then again, you have to have various outs. So you can say, okay, under this, I have all your books up. Let me see where, and, you know, we, we're going to have a player prop tool where you can see where the best line is for you. And that, that will add up over time, but that's a great way to build your bankroll as uh, a better now. And books don't, they can't spend time on all, every single player prop. And, but the, it's, it's just an offering they do. They, they do these same mm-hmm. game parlays, which are, I think that you should probably avoid from an ED perspective, but it's just a menu of offering. And they're going to go look at how much you can bet on them. Um, there's a reason props you can bet a lot less because they're softer. So as a novice better, you know, if you want to build a player prop model, you're probably not doing that since you probably have a full-time job, but you can follow people out there on the Action Network app that just crush player props. And that's how you can build a bankroll. You know, you want to bet early in the week on opening, you want to bet opening lines, which are softer in the NFL than say on game day, when you have, uh, you know, after limits open up later in the week and you have just absolute whales. I mean, you, you can bet a lot, a lot of money on the NFL are going to shape a number pretty efficiently by the right. time kickoff happens. So you want to try to bet earlier in the week. They're similar to prop player props. There are things called Wong teasers. And what those are is uh, you, you can tease two sides through as long as they're both through three and seven. Right. Six point teaser. You want to have at least minus 120 or better. You can find some minus 110s if you're really lucky and have a, a good account still out there. They used to be even money like 10, 15 years ago. No matter what the, who the teams are, this is a plus EV bet going through these two key numbers. And, you know, I've done it. So I, I will do this to start start a football season and we'll have teasers, the teaser option taken away in the NFL on almost every account that I have. But it's a good way to build back. Now, some books are becoming smarter and they're, these will be like minus 140 where it doesn't really make sense. But make sure you, you check what the prices are. But these teasers, I do go search on Google Stucky teaser guide. And I, you know, show all the math behind it and explain it. But that's an, uh, an option that, depending on your book, could be out there. Um, and, you know, some other things that I've written down here to prepare for this. Don't be a homer. You can actually, you know, everyone wants to bet their team every week. Sure. And you actually might have, you know, a small edge if you could remove your homerism. You follow your team right. so closely. You're probably, you know, are closer than odds makers. And maybe you have a good, if you want to fade your home team, but people don't do that. So uh, just try not to be a homer. If you want to find someone that's profitable, long track record is what you want to make sure and yeah. follow them on the Action Network app. Don't buy, don't buy picks. Obviously. Well played the, out there. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. The Vegas Day billboard. Uh, but I would say the most important advice that I can give to anyone, two things in the NFL, it's a highly reactive market. So mm-hmm. 
you know, go turn on ESPN or any channel and there, everyone's talking about the NFL all week long. So if you can have just a mindset of buying low and selling high in the NFL as a general principle, I think you'll be better off. Team looked hard last week and again, and they're playing a team that looked really good. You might, you know, buy low, sell high. It's kind of the overarching philosophy of my NFL betting. Like week two of the NFL season, they call it overreaction for a reason, you know. Give me a team. You lost by three touchdowns last week. I'll be all over them kind of with that overcorrection. And I love how you talk about the bandwidth out there, right? The books have you know, a finite capacity as well, right? And everyone is betting the NFL. So they pay more of their attention to make sure that those lines are sharp outside of say some of the props and, you know, as opposed to say like Ivy League women's college basketball, they're not using that much attention to try to make sure those lines are as sharp. One thing I do want to follow up with you though, you mentioned betting early in the week right? Is that still the same over the last couple of years, specifically with COVID going on and the kind of moving target of player availability, even throughout the week, we would see ridiculous line movement based purely on testing and availability. So you talk about betting earlier in the week, does that kind of still hold true even now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a, that's a, a theoretical question and it comes down to your aversion to risk, but if you could get completely screwed in the COVID, COVID world um, where, you know, you bet early in the week and then you're starting quarterback test positive for COVID, yeah. right? So you want to wait on the injury news. But do you think that you're going to be first to react to that injury news? Probably not in the NFL market, especially if you're a recreational better. There's leaks too, and you're probably not going to be first in the lines move quickly and they'll come off the board right away. So my mindset is, you know, unless there's like, hey, this team had some COVID cases last week, so maybe they're a little higher risk of it spreading. That's how I used to think about it. But, you know, if I liked a number and a spot early in the week, I would bet it. And just knowing that over time, hopefully, ideally, I would it would all wash out, you know, the yeah. times you get screwed and the times you benefit from it. But if you're not comfortable with that, yeah, then in this new COVID world, you probably want to wait. Uh, you mentioned week two dogs. Yeah, I mean, historically, just week two underdogs, in general in the NFL are about 53% over the past 25 years, but teams who lost uh, week one, 55%, about a 7% ROI past 30 years teams who lost week one by double digits, 58% historically. So I like those week two dogs that lost, maybe got blown out, especially around a key number, you know, around a three, a seven, probably the most important thing to know in NFL betting are the key numbers, three, four, seven, 10, 14, three and set three is King. Um, it's the most important number in NFL, but if you're around a key number, then you might, um, you might get a lot, a lot more value than you would say that the line was around five. You're getting like a half point of value based on week one over reactions. And, you know, instead of a, a six and a half, you're getting a seven or instead of a two and a half, you're getting a three. That's, that's massive. And that's something you want to watch for in the market all week. That's something I spend a lot of my time doing watching the market. I've done it. Yeah. Just obsessively for 20 years, you'll start to pick up things. Why a line is moving a certain way early in the week. Maybe it's a pump fake when limits open, why it's moving this Mm -hmm. way. And you kind of start to understand it's just like the financial markets just by watching. But if you're around a key number, you know, if you're around a six, if you're, you like a dog and you're at plus six and a half, you want to watch that. You want to, you don't want to bet it right now. And you want to watch 
you, there's sharper books out there you want to watch. Okay, is it starting to tick down? If it is, maybe I'll lock in my six and a half. But let me wait to see if it's going to go to seven. If it's a two and a half, let me go to three. Those key numbers, massive to understand. But stop. Don't buy points. You have to stop. Buy, like There's things that people do, these par- crazy parlays when they first start out. Buying points, that's just, you know, you're trying to it's loss aversion bias. It doesn't make sense. It makes sense on a three sometimes, depending on the price. But just as a general rule, stop buying points. It's just it's going to cost you money over time. And who cares? That one time that you lost by the half point, it's going to happen. You just have to accept it. And that is that leads me to my most important point. And this goes for any sport that you're betting. You know, most people lose money betting sports. An overwhelming majority, 99% of people do, which is funny because only about one percent of people admit that they lose money right sports. now if you look at um, media those numbers are definitely skewed differently <laughs> yes but they if i took if i wanted to bet sports the entire year and my process was this i use this example all the time if i, I ask my little sister what i'm gonna bet every day i just wake up and i ask her what am i gonna bet mm-hmm. and then i bet the same amount of money on every single bet what will happen over time you know over a couple thousands of bets is i'll break even and I'll juice out. You'll lose juice, but you're not going to get hurt, right? Especially if you're a recreational better, you're never going to like, oh my God, I owe this amount or I'm down this much. You're just going to juice out. You have your entertainment value of betting the NFL. By the way, there are pools, contests out there. Like, there's other ways to get your action where you don't need to be betting every game. Like, you don't need to be betting every game. You don't need to be betting every primetime game. But the reason most people lose and the reason people lose a lot and the reason that there's uh, you know, outside of addiction, that there's people that just go way in the hole. It's all behavioral biases. So I think one of the best things that you can do is um, I tweet about this all the time, talk about it on our podcast all the time, is to just understand behavioral biases. Mm-hmm. Buy a behavioral finance book, Google, you know, cognitive uh, and emotional biases. And it's discipline. It's hard to yeah, be disciplined when there's the shiny toy out there and the crazy multipliers. But, you know, the more prudent way is probably trying to just inch the rock up the hill. Right, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're if you're down a lot, you know, trying to double up or chase, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's only going to lead to bad things. It might work once or twice. If you're way up and then just going all in on a play. Um, you're not betting Hawaii overs late night on a Saturday though, chasing the dragon. No, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, if, if you, you know, if you, if you're bad with this stuff, you, ha- I mean, it takes time to learn. Um, and you might have to get burnt a couple times before you rise. And some people unfortunately never learn how to do this, but it's the difference between someone that's basically just going to be a break even better without doing anything else and uh, extremely uh, losing better mm-hmm. is all the behavioral biases, the chasing, yeah. um, the tilt, trying to avoid tilt. You just have to accept, trust me, I've been doing this for 20 years. You're, you're going to get screwed a lot and it's going to happen and you bitch about it and then you move on. Um, you try to remember the good beats and that's all you can do. Like, you, and you cannot compound a mistake. What already happened has happened. Vent however you want to vent and then move on um, because you can't let a, another bet impact your next one. And if you have trouble with it, just bet, take, again, like I said, you want to be betting NFL early in the week anyway. You're betting the a game on Sunday at the four, you're trying to rush the 4.30 because you went 0 and 7 um, at one o'clock. Like, you know, it's, it's, you probably don't have an edge there. You might as well, you're just flipping a coin. The market's already, so put your bets in before the day starts if you have trouble with this. And that's all you're going to do. Um, now, I know you're probably going to end up getting drunk and then putting bets in and that's 
a uh, whole nother conversation. But, well, that's, that's outside um, the discipline as well, right? When I go to the Brazilian steakhouse and they have the red and the green coasters, sometime I have to turn the coaster over to red if I'm going to be a little bit disciplined. I understand, you know, people are going to get excited or going to, you know, bet the props of their favorite team. But if you actually want to make money out of this, you actually have to be a little bit more disciplined. But stuff, you've mentioned a lot of concepts already, right? Like buying low, selling high, shopping around. But one of the things I want to get into a little bit more are the key numbers in the NFL. You talk about it, three, four, seven, ten. These are the usual permutations of scores because of the way scoring happens in the NFL. Why don't you tell the people here a little bit more about why those are the key numbers, why they are so important to betting. And stuff. one thing that I want to know is, is that still the same with the proliferation of two-point conversions, with the proliferation of mixed extra points, with the proliferation on coaches going for it on fourth and six from their opponent's 32-yard line? Are the key numbers still the same as we talk about it in the long term? Yeah, they're, they're they're a bit different, but uh, for the you know the high level, the the biggest numbers are still your three, four, six, seven, ten, um, and three is king. I mean, you score in field goals and touchdowns, um, which is why three is so important. Um, and if you just Google, I'm not going to go into all the math, but if you just Google NFL key numbers, NFL score distribution, you'll see it's overwhelming. Um, there are key numbers and totals as well, which you'll see, we have articles out on that as well on actionnetwork.com, but they've changed a bit. And like eight is now right. for example, eight on is a, as a spread is a bit more important next since 2015 extra point move back, right? You get more missed extra points, more teams going for two, more teams going for two, you know, down 14, right? You score and then you, Hey, let's go for two. Then if we, you'll see this and then everyone argues over it on Twitter, while coaches are just trying to increase their win probability and regulation, but totals too, like, uh, you know, 43 right. um, it's because of more missed extra points, more two point conversions. So it is, um, it has changed the distribution some, and we get more and more data on this each and every year. Um, but your, your key numbers are still three, four, six, seven, ten. 10. You, you, what you want to do. And, and, and those are, teasing through three and seven never tease through zero by the way just get that in your head it, you're just you're not gonna have you're giving up one to negative one right you're just you're paying to give up those dead points never but to that point eight and a half zero. looks real good because if i can go from eight and a half to yep. two and a half i am getting through both three and seven right so when you talk about the kind of distribution of scores right going from you know covering something over a touchdown to getting me inside of a field goal that may be something a little bit more effective correct yeah ma massive and you'll have but like so if you can find a, if there's an underdog out there do you want to tease it with you know say a seven and a half point favorite um and you know one book it's one and a half the underdog's one and a half and the other book it's two and a half not you know you go to the two and a half get over the eight um <laughs> for the two-point conversions but you'll you'll see how important teasers are and how plus ev they are but for some books they books will will skew lines for teaser protection they'll go right from you know up to nine and a half right eight mm -hmm. nine kind of dead uh, nine's a dead right. number in the nfl Hard against so right up to nine and a half so that if you tease it down six right. points you're not crossing that three um so yeah there are key numbers to keep in mind and um it's like i said the, the biggest thing that you should keep in mind as a as a recreational novice better is that if you like a side around a key number then wait for it 
start to monitor the market, start to understand the market. But if you see it, sorry, it's starting to come down. You don't think it's going to go back up. These are things you have to learn over time. Um, okay, then maybe I'll hit it now. But if it looks like, okay, if it's holding steady, wait. If it's holding steady at six and a half, wait to see if that seven comes. Um, or wait on that two and a half to see if the three comes because it is that important over time. Um, and then look, you as I said before, you don't have to bet every game. So right. some people will really like a side and they don't, they don't, they're not modeling games. They don't have a, you know, a percentage edge that they're showing and they really like, a, they really like a side and they don't have like, okay, I like it to this number and they'll just end up betting it anyway if it's at six and a half and never goes to seven. Whereas someone who's doing it professionally might say, you know, I like this at plus seven minus one ten or better. If it never hits that, I'm not going to bet it. If as a recreational better, you're like, I like the side. It's on Monday night football. Um, and you waited for the seven all week and it never comes. Don't just, I mean, you don't just bet the six and a half. What you can do now with, with how prevalent live betting is, is go in and see if you can get a better number. And right. look, people want to sweat the Monday night game. That's a sweat in and of itself. You, know, you go <laughs> yeah. in and you say, all right, let's, and then you're rooting for, and you're obviously you're rooting against your side right away. Um, and then you're like, all right, let's, and then you you have your live markets up. Um, your books up and then in the NFL, I mean, you can live, live betting is, is fairly easy. Um, so go in and then wait to see if you can get your seven, maybe you can get your seven, a seven and a half. So with live betting, you don't have, this isn't 1998 where it's like, all right, I got to, if I don't bet this game before kickoff, um, that's it. So, um, think of it that way. Like you can, you could still have your sweat if you didn't get a bet in, if you never got your number that you wanted, especially around a key number. Those are so important in the NFL wait to see if you can get it live or the second half. Um, and, and uh, yeah, I bet you'll end up saving money over the long run. This is the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez and the prime minister of the generate nation Stucky here with the action networks expert guide to betting the NFL, the NFL being a uniquely sharp market with only 32 teams, not 300 colleges and everybody on God's green earth, trying to get some action on the NFL Stucky, you know, we're in the off season right now, right? So leading up to an NFL season, what are some of the things that you're actually paying attention to? I know everybody says they're in the best shape of their life as training camps start, but are you looking at player movement, coach movement, player development? What are some of the things you do to kind of prepare for the season? I mean, I've heard a lot about what the Vikings offense might look like or how Trevor Lawrence is going to be in year two under a new head coach that has a statue outside of the city of brotherly love but what are the things you really zone in on to try to get information leading up to an nfl season yeah you can't fall too much in love with coach speak because it's all rosy uh every team is going to be better even with pre you read a lot of national previews out there great group of guys Um, incredible group of guys every group is going to be better and improved from last year so you kind of have to distill and take yeah it's it's more art than science if you're when you're because i I do a lot of reading you do listening to podcasts do as much reading as I can, read all the previews, but a lot of it, it's just, I don't care about it. It's junk. It's junk. But I spent a lot of time going back and looking at last year, really deep dives on, on teams and looking at my end of year power ratings, because the most important part of the season is your beginning power ratings. Hmm. So, okay. What's the, the starting point to that is your end of season power ratings. So going in, going even deeper into team statistical programs. I mean, so many statistics and advanced metrics you can look at for NFL teams to determine, okay, 
let's look at their injury situation, luck, and there's so much that you can look into to kind of get a feel for, all right, where should this, where was this team really? And do I need to adjust any of my end of season power ratings? Then you have the off season, right? And that's, uh, you know, you have players moving, you have coaches. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, okay, from a scheme perspective, right. from a front office perspective, is this team really going to benefit? A, a good example is I think the Ravens getting rid of uh, Martin, their defensive coordinator is going to be a net positive. I, I think that he can actually do some good things with the giants who need to generate more pressure. He's very blitz heavy, but his time is kind of passed in Baltimore. You have to also account for the draft a little more difficult because you're trying to project college kids in the NFL. A lot of times they're not going to have, a huge impact. Um, there obviously are exceptions, which you want to try to account for, but yeah, you're trying to um, then adjust the end of season power ratings, um, trying to get a feel for teams, but you're not over, you know, there's only so much you could take from reading and listening because everything is kind of going to be biased from their perspective, but you're trying to take nuggets here and there. And then once I have a good set of power ratings, which you're adjusting every day, every day, I mean, you're looking, there's injury news could happen tomorrow. But then, then you want to compare to the market, like arguably the most efficient betting market in the world, mm-hmm. NFL spreads and totals, what reason why they you can bet so much money on them. And from an odds maker perspective, it's the highest volume sport. You know, there's 100 fewer teams than college football. So like, you know, trying to keep up with UMass compared mm-hmm. to, you know, an NFL team is a lot more difficult. So you have to respect the market in, in most betting markets, but especially in the NFL. So then I'll take, you know, you can go and look at, win totals and they have spreads out for every game. So you can kind of derive what the market power ratings are. And then I would spend time comparing mine to the market and then understanding first this, d- determining where I am different and then trying to understand why. And if I'm comfortable with that, because I, I do respect the market in the NFL and I can say, okay, I actually rate, you know, this move or, this coach, I think a little higher than the market. So I'm okay being higher gotcha. than the market than this team. Then you're taking every team's schedule, simulating that, and then coming up with your, your win totals and right. then, you know, your projected spreads, but it's just constant information gathering so much information out there, podcasts, articles, previews, magazines, Twitter, I mean, you name it. So just constantly trying to distill information and, and get some some nuggets here and there, which is why I also think it's so important to watch games. I try to watch as much as possible, right. especially during the year, rewatch games during the week, and then you're you're tweaking and it's uh, it's a, a nonstop process. But that's the, the main goal okay. of the summer is to try and get my initial set of power ratings right. in a good spot that I'm comfortable with and then understand where and why I'm different than the market and adjust if necessary. And then, uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a, a sort of a similar process during the season. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many sources of information out there, but be sure to make sure one of those sources is the Action Network. Download the Action Network app, subscribe to the Action Network YouTube channel, and you will be able to get all that information just like Stucky is talking about. So you talk about in the offseason, Stuck, how you're getting kind of to your baseline power index, for lack of a better term, right? But then talk to me about week by week, day to day. What is the routine like on an NFL week? And do you put stock into things like, you know, injury reports or travel schedules? You know, the West Coast team playing a one o'clock start on the East Coast, you know, Andy Reid after the bye, things of that nature. What's your process like in a given week, day to day? 
Yeah, that you know, the West Coast to East Coast thing brings up a good point. Like, especially in a market like the NFL, that used to be a profitable angle, but now it's baked the, in. The, yeah, it's our, it's baked in now. It's it's gone, and that's something to keep in mind with almost any sport, especially nowadays. Something that was profitable in the past doesn't necessarily mean that it will be in the future, right? Mm. Like teams have also gotten smarter with traveling and are able to do it more efficiently, but the market can also price these things in, um, which they have with many different examples. And in some cases they can actually overprice it. And that's why betting is very difficult and why professionals have their own number and they bake these things in. So, yeah, I mean, I, I will bake in buys and, and, and travel, but it's for the most part, those things are priced in, to the market, there are still some situational spots, which is more art than science. Kind of mm. incorporate that. Uh, Third road I will, game in a row. Yeah, that, that I that I will bet, but they're all one off. It's not. I don't have any blanket rules. Um, gotcha. These are kind of just the the one off things that I'm incorporating that are the, the subjective part. I mean, some people are just purely numbers based betters, which I'm, I'm not. Um, I have my number. It's art form and science, right? And the best people in this game are able to kind of code switch or understand how to translate both what the charts and graphs are telling you and what your eyes and hearts, especially for a guy like you who's been doing it for 20, 30 years. Yeah, I mean, especially in the NFL, I'm not not gonna have the best model. And think about how many smart people there are modeling the NFL. And you know, you're you're pretty much gonna be in the ballpark to a lot of people, it's not, Rocket science. That's rocket science. Those little edges are what differentiates the best from you know just being good. But my I, where I think I get all of my edge in the NFL is with matchups, trying to understand the matchups, yeah. and that's what I spend most of my time on. I think that there's still inefficiencies in the market when it comes to offensive and defensive line play, and especially yeah. in the secondary. So if you look at resources like um, you know PFF, which grades secondary play. But how they're like grading, it's very difficult to do. Like, okay, who was responsible for this completion? And, you know, it's, it's very high variance with a cornerback. Gives up an 80-yard play. Maybe it was on the safety. Maybe you don't know what the call was. I spent a lot of my time trying to understand secondary like, offensive actually responsibility? And defensive line, but, Did he blow that yeah. coverage or was he supposed to have a safety rolling over the top to help him out? It's very hard to actually understand that just watching the game. Yeah, and then understand – and then trying to decipher, okay, where is where are the mismatches – the enormous mismatches in a game and could it, could it swing this game a really good rush offense against a rush defense that hasn't been exposed yet, but I think can be exposed mm-hmm. and might not be priced into the market, things like that. So I spent a lot of time on matchups, trying to identify players that might be over the hill, like at, on, in the secondary, trying to get ahead of that. But yeah, I spend most of my time trying to understand, okay, what's from a scheme perspective, where, how is this game going to play out and can it provide me with any edge my numbers, my starting point, and then all these other subjective factors kind of push me over the edge. But during the week, yeah, it's reading, watching, and uh, adjusting. I'm like, modelers. this team is going to play too high safety against the Chiefs all the time. Maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will actually get some touches in this one and kind of understanding what teams are trying to do and what adjustments may be made when they are faced with that. It's not sexy, right? But to understand yeah. that an offensive line can completely kneecap a team's chances. Most people, the public better, is not thinking about that. Just go ask Todd Bowles about that in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago as a perfect kind of example. But but Stuck, you mentioned like there's no rules of thumb that you'll just play blanketly, right? But we did talk about things like overreactions in a week two and some other kind of rules of thumb or tricks of the trade. What would you describe as 
an ideal betting opportunity. You've run all the numbers, you've got all the information. Like when something pops up on your radar, what could it be that's really flashing bright red? Like I need to make a play here. Yeah, they, and, and by the way, yeah, they've gone back to all the stats you can compile, try to like, and, and offensive line play these schemes. This is where the sharpest betters have disagreements, which is why I think oh. that there's some opportunities in the market. Some people will decipher this a little different. Everyone has access to like turnovers and, uh, okay, who's, which team has been lucky, but maybe look at their, you want to go try to go a level deeper to understand some of these teams. When did the turnovers happen? When did mm-hmm. the fourth downs happen? Come up with your own advanced stats. Um, you know, everyone is kind of scraping the same things, but just just keep that in mind. But yeah, an ideal, I'll give you an example of an ideal NFL gets script opportunity. I mean, obviously week two, these, I'm just talking in general, buy low, sell high. Fair it's kind of the same thing in, in, in the financial markets as well. Like, for example, because you want to keep in mind, week two, the, one of the hardest things as uh, if, you have a, if you have a model and you're making your own power ratings. Fidelity to week, that model. <laughs> yeah. But I also, but week one, you want to make, you don't want to overreact early in the season, but you're also making your biggest changes to sure. your power ratings early in the season. So there could be a team that was really bad in week one, and that's just because they're going to be really bad. And you know, especially in college football, you, you you end up chasing this team if you're not adjusting fast enough all year and betting them and losing all your money. These teams that are end up being really bad and really good, and your numbers never really catch up. So it's a fine. It's it's there's that's where the art comes in, um, knowing when to adjust and then when when to not overreact. And so that that that's why I don't like any of these overarching things and the art and science. It, it's, it takes time, experience, understanding the market. Mm-hmm. It is not easy, um, but I'll give you a perfect example is 2019 week nine Ravens. At, this, is probably my, this is my second biggest NFL bet of all time. My first is actually uh, I, I lost the, the I had the Falcons plus four um, and I think plus plus four and then some under which I compared to the plus four. I don't care, but uh, against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, 28 to three. I have to hear about it over and over and over and over and over. Um yeah, so um, – but this is my second biggest NFL bet. Uh, and Ravens at home – and this will illustrate kind of a lot of things that we were talking about. Week nine, off the of bye. I respect Harbaugh and that staff. Right. Harbaugh's been great off the, off the bye. Um, playing the Patriots at home. Patriots were 8-0. And if you dug into the Patriots and the Patriots with Brady and everyone, no one wants to fade them. And they were 8-0, but they played nobody the entire year. I mean – I think Luke Falk was one of the quarterbacks they played. They also had the most extreme turnover luck of I, I've ever seen in my life. Just a completely fraudulent. No, I mean they beat who they should have beat, but they were the turnovers, the block punts, block kicks. I mean, and then their rush defense numbers, which the Browns kind of exposed. I remember were were troubling, and the Ravens awful buy coming in here, perfect opportunity, prime time at home to sell the Patriots. And guess what the Ravens do? The best rushing team in Punch the NFL. At the time, and this is where I thought the weakness of the Patriots defense was. Right. Everything was aligning, like, you know, your matchup, your situation, the number. Now, because of this, because the Patriots, you know, people, the NFL is such an efficient market, but um, the there's still opportunities where lines are off. And this is perfectly illustrated, just halfway through the season, some of the – and early in the week, some of the softer book. It, I think that for a minute or two, it opened at six. Ravens plus six at home. It was outrageous. I remember tweeting about it the, the Sunday night before at the bar. I'm like, this is crazy. Hit this if you can bet it. 
Um, and then I ended up betting it at like four. Um, and then it ended up closing at three later in the week. So if you bet the, if you bet it real right away, um, you know, you, you got five, six, if you bet it, you know, still that night, you got four and then that's, you know, the next day it's three and that's where it closed. And if the Patriots won by three, a very common, um, result than anyone who got it early won, anyone who got it late pushed and that adds up over the time. The Ravens ended up winning by 17. Um, but that's just um, everything into one, like the matchup, the spot, the buy low, sell high, getting it early in the week before it's, it's going to come down, um, knowing, you know, the market and that there's going to be sharp money coming in on the Ravens. And then the number was off as well to my number, which I made a pick. So everything lining up um, with the buy, buy low, sell high overarching theme. Um, that's an example of the perfect spot, which you might get like maybe one or two a year in the NFL. Experts Guide to Betting here. This is the NFL edition on the Action Network, where, like I say all the time, we are not just giving you a fish. We are teaching you how to fish. Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, and my guy, the prime minister of degenerate nation, Stucky. Now, you mentioned that you don't necessarily bet a ton of props. However, one of the other markets that you did reference, which is growing in popularity in the NFL, is betting live. I want to talk to you a little bit about betting the NFL live because one of the things i believe is game script and game flow is kind of king you can see a team that is down by two touchdowns and live get something like that quarterback's passing attempts prop you know and kind of understanding what that team is going to do down for the next two and a half quarters you know i think about uh, points being scored in the final two minutes of the first half what kind of what happens there and how teams are playing when they know they're going to get the second half kickoff there's all sorts of subtle nuances what are some of the things you look you look for when betting the nfl live stuck uh main thing again the gonna harp on the same things but you multiple outs right these sure. live live numbers yeah. can differ you want to get the best ones juice could differ significantly if you want to have all of your options at your fingertips if possible um getting the best number and so i'm key numbers are obviously really important to me mm-hmm. So I might go into a game being like, I like this team, never got my number, but I, I have a, a target, right? And um, and I'll go in and say, once it hits this, then I'm going to bet it. Right. But the I'll, everything else I don't have like a, a mod is just, I, I'm going on feel and watching and then trying to, um, you know, a team might be up 10, thir- you know, 10, nothing, 13, nothing. And it's all on flukes, right? And it could, and sure. trying to pick up on, certain things that the market might not because everyone's going to see, okay, there was a turnover, a lucky turnover and everyone wants to go bet this team, but Oh, look this, that, you know, that there was these, these little missed one little fluke missed coverage thing led to a huge play. Um, all right. I'm seeing something in the trenches where this team's going to be able to take advantage. So right. really paying attention to some of the, again, the matchup things and also understanding some of that going into the game after handicapping it all week, what I'm looking for and saying, okay, yeah, this team really does have an advantage here. Maybe it hasn't worked out so far, but now they're down. I think that I'm getting a better number again, key number, best number. Um, and now I want to come in. So a lot, lot my live betting is a lot of art um, and then incorporating everything I did all week. And then just understand, trying to figure out where I'm, where the market is so I can get the best number. And then obviously, watching for key numbers. Um, but it's a lot of matchup stuff for me, um, understanding how a team got there. And then look, back to softer books, softer markets, 
there are softer books out there. Watch for injuries. Um, yeah. And uh, if a quarterback and in college, this, this is even more true. Um, if a quarterback gets hurt and looks really bad, you, like a star quarterback and looks really, really bad, you know, you'll see quickly, it'll come off the board at sure. most places, but there's going to be books that are slow to react. Um, and that happens during the week too. Like, you hear a quarterback is ruled out with COVID or check. You're, you're going to have softer books. See if right. there's uh, a rogue number still out there. You got to be quick. You got to be utilized notifications always on your phone. It's a, um, yeah. but yeah, those are some of the things that I look for when, um, when betting live. Yeah. I mean, anything from, like you said, matchups to game script to even if someone goes into the blue tent can be a tell for a live bet. Stucky, my last question for you here on the expert's guide to betting the NFL is, I mean, you know, everybody like we talked about, right, is chasing or or looking for that high. What is for you? the ultimate high in betting the NFL? Is it kind of, you know, seeing that backdoor cover that you've been talking about all week or a team that you indexed early in the season kind of being higher than the rest of the market and all of a sudden they are seven and three? What is it for you that kind of is that boost of adrenaline or that thrill you're still chasing when betting the NFL? Obviously, like, again, not going to overtime is, is nice for me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> a, dog, a dog going down the field in epic fashion and, you know, punching it in the end zone, like fourth down after converting a bunch of fourth downs to get in the back door, especially in the NFL where it's not like college, you onside kick it and the other team can return it. But I've lost that way in college and getting in that back door and make, make the last play one second to go. Nothing better than that. Except oh, come for on, when there's opinion. like 17 laterals on the last play of the game and then a turnover and it winds up being seven points or six points the other the way. La- I've lost. I've never had a lateral go my way. I've had six that have gone against me in the last play. I hate fan uh, laterals. They shouldn't count. The touchdowns shouldn't count. Um, when a team, when you have the underdog and the favorite goes down instead of scoring, and then you know that in the NFL, we're not messing around. It's not like, you know, we're not, we don't need to put style points up. We're taking these. I shouldn't say why well, I love fading Brady, but why when I have money against Brady and uh, he has the ball up, but he's not covering, I know that he's probably going to run the last four minutes out in methodical fashion and then get his team throw a little out on like third and four for five yards at like the 10 and then come out and, and kneel at the, the Eagles game comes to mind. I had the Texans when Nick Chubb went down at the one yard line. You have that feeling where it's, oh, you're done. He broke and then he goes down. I think Brian Westbrook with the Eagles was the That's first the other one, one I was going to say. That feeling of, and this, this, in college, they never go down. But that feeling of, oh my God, I just lost to, oh my God, he went down. And you know the knees are coming is just a, a thrilling swing of emotions and uh, something I'll never get tired of. But, you know, and you can follow people on the Action Network that you trust, that we have a lot of smart people out there. You follow myself. Having a good network of people, whether it can help you get a bet down or just information. So, like, I have – that's what I spend a lot of my week doing, too. I've Like, for example, I have a really sharp Bills friend who will send me – you know, he's right. looking at all the stuff in his team, right? And then I'm trying to do the same, but he's immersed in his team way more than I am, and I'm trying to handle them all. So he'll send me these, oh. like – really insider type articles or say, look at this, look at, you know, we're much better with this offensive line formation with him out. I don't like to talk to someone too much to distill what, uh, you know, kind of to bias myself. Information bias, right. But having a good network, that information is, is king and that will only make you a smarter, better.
No, absolutely. You are always and constantly kind of consuming information. You don't always have to be the smartest person in the room, but if you know the smartest person in the room, that'll work just the same. Absolutely, yep. Stucky. And remember, consuming this information, you could always do on the Action Network app by subscribing to the Action Network YouTube channel and checking out all of our folks, whether it be on social media or on the app. So this has been another episode of the Action Network's expert series, this time how to bet the NFL. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you learned something from it. Have a good one. We'll talk about it more next time.